You're listening to True North with Pastor Gary Cottle of Gary Cottle Ministries. Did you know faithfulness builds momentum? It does. Faithfulness builds momentum. Momentum is built up by a constant steady pressure over process of time, amen, that builds up speed and builds up power that when the imp- point of impact takes place, it'll accomplish its objective. And I believe that you're faithful. Some of you have been for many, many years, and you've yet to see the impact that your faithfulness is going to make. But you can't drop the ball now. You're getting closer. If you've ever traveled a far distance for a vacation, you know the last few miles before you reach your destination can be the hardest. The long journey and anticipation of much needed rest can be stressful in and of itself, right? But you would never consider turning back, would you? You're almost there. And as Pastor Gary shares, your spiritual journey with Christ can be the same. No matter how long you've been traveling with Him, keep going. There's new adventures and blessings ahead. Now here's Pastor Gary in the book of 2 Samuel chapter 16 as he continues his message, Hilltop Honorariums. God's faithfulness is going to see David through this season of loss. But isn't it funny how that when things get topsy-turvy and when, when the preacher seems to be going through a season of, or, or a servant of God or a Sunday school teacher seems to be going through a season of discouragement, a season of lack or a season of, of despondency or despair, it's easy for people to say, well, maybe we should just look for a better teacher or maybe we should just look for another pastor or maybe Maybe uh, so. Maybe their problem is this or that, and 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 here come the people that like to cuss those people while they're down, not realizing that the fight is nowhere near finished. Amen. So David, insults and all, is just taking it like a man. He's just serving God. Now some would argue that David is in this situation because he brought it on himself. After all, he did commit the sin of adultery and then killed the husband to hide his crime, to hide his sin. He has his dirty laundry. And I would even say that in part what he's going through in this season in his life is at least partly related to the consequence of his own poor decisions. But what I also need you to see is while on one side in the flesh he is reaping what he had sowed in the flesh, on the spiritual side he's also reaping what he sowed in the spirit. Because God is not unrighteous to forget your labor of love. Can I get an amen? And he remembered David's good days. He remembered David's contributions. Thank God that David even said at one point, he hath not rewarded us according to our iniquities. Let's just be honest. If we got what we really deserve, none of us would be here this morning. If we got what we really deserve, we'd be in hell, wouldn't we? If we, if we just be totally honest, if we got what we really deserve, God would not be near as good to us as he is. You see, God's honorariums are not based upon your value. 
God's honorariums are not based upon your righteousness. God's honorariums are not based upon your faithfulness. They're based upon who he is and what he has purposed for your life. And I'm glad to announce to you that when you're up, God's going to be good to you. And when you're down, God's going to be good to you. He may chasten you, but even the chastening hand of the Lord is goodness. For it produces repentance that results in better days ahead. Are you with me? So here David is, walking along discouraged, barefoot and weeping, the Bible says. Here's this fellow come along cussing, and and his armor bearer, Abishai, wants to take his head off. Thank God for people that'll stand up for the man of God, by the way. Amen. I I don't want anybody taking nobody's head off for me, though. Amen. But thank God for Abishai, but David said, you know what? I'm probably getting what I deserve. Just let him talk. I'm paraphrasing a little bit. But while they're weeping, weary, barefoot, trodden that treacherous path, man, there's some things here you need to see that'll apply directly to your life. And I want to point them out with you for just the next few minutes if you'll let me. Amen. Hilltop honorarium. See, some of you struggling. The thing about a hill is you have to climb to get to the top of it. Amen. And, and you know what happens when you climb? There's constant resistance. Uh, gravity never gives up. Have you ever noticed that? Gravity never stops unless you go to space. Amen. I don't think we've got any astronauts in here, do we? Amen. And the devil never stops. And your flesh never stops. And your struggles never stop. It is a constant grind to do what God's called you to do. Somebody say amen. You're always going to, I mean, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but you're always going to have a fight on your hands. If it ain't the flesh, it's the devil. If it ain't the devil, it's a brother or sister in Christ being a knucklehead. If it ain't them, it's uh, somebody at work about to drive, your, uh, drive you crazy and get on your last nerve. Can I get an amen? It's always a struggle to try to keep your head in the book and keep the book in your head so that you don't veer off the path and do stupid. And here David is climbing that hill, discouraged, brokenhearted, weeping as he went And then as he crosses the top of the hill, he meets something unexpected. Here is a a convoy of resources, grapes, wine, all the good stuff to help him uh, to be restored. Amen. And, And while David is climbing that hill of regret, thinking that he's getting what he deserved, amen, uh, he crosses the top of the hill and discovers uh, that God has more grace than David had sin, amen, Uh, that God still has something in store for those uh, who will continue to seek him even when they're down, even when they've messed up, yes, even when they've sinned, uh, just because you've sinned, the Bible said where sin did abound, grace uh, did much more abound, you take it to the cross and you'll find that at the top of the hill, just a little past the top of your struggle, there's going to be some hilltop honorariums God's laid up for you. Amen. And he's going to honor his promise. He's going to honor his son. And he's going to bless you with what the blood of Jesus Christ paid for. And here you thought it was what you was going to get and what you deserve. But no, 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 no. God's much bigger than that. He's much more gracious than that. And he's going to give you what the blood of Jesus provides for you. Aren't you glad for a Savior who knows how to restore our soul? Amen. 
And I'm looking at here, and I see that David was discouraged. He was weeping. Let me point out you some things here real quick. Number one, I want to look at the weeping. Uh, as the king left Jerusalem on behalf of the betrayal of his son, Absalom, the Bible said all the country wept with a loud voice. That's chapter 15, verse 23. And I want you to notice uh, that sometimes uh, in ministry, separations are caused by misplaced loyalties within God's kingdom still even today. Have you ever had to separate? Uh, uh, I, I'm going to do some preaching now. Have you ever had to separate from a friendship in the kingdom, in the church over a split or over indecisive or over a misunderstanding or somebody said something they shouldn't have said? Uh, somebody did that something they shouldn't have done uh, and it was your friend in church and if that's the one safe place it's supposed to be is church but all of a sudden the one person that you counted on let you down and now there's a split in the kingdom. Amen. And so there's some separation going on. And I feel like today, if God wants to do anything in his church to revive it, it is to repair the tears of division within his body. Amen. To bring the kingdom back together again. But you've got to be willing to let the Holy Ghost of God point it out, bring it up and pour his oil on it and address the situation. No problem swept under the rug will ever come to a point of healing and you can ignore a problem for 50 years if you want to and God will never bother you with it if that's what you insist on doing but before you do that you better count the cost honey what is the cost of a split kingdom what is the cost of a split church over an unbiblical opinion is it really worth it is it really worth the kingdom to be so sliced and divided that churches can't even get together for anything for sake of jealousy or fear? Well, they're going to rob our members over there. There's, there's preachers that won't have me preach in their pulpits because they're afraid that if they do, their church members will come over here and join my church. No, we ain't clapping for that, sister. I appreciate it, though. I, I'm not after nobody's church members. I'm after sinners for whom Christ died. And if we get past ourselves and build the kingdom of God together, you'd be, there'd be enough sinners for both churches without you having to worry about it. Yeah. Amen. Uh, we're, not, we're not in here to recruit church members from other churches. We're here to go out and say, uh, win the lost to Christ that they'd never darken the door of a church. Right. Amen. So don't be worried about inviting other church members who are already convinced. Listen, they already got the bread of life. Go find you an old sinner somewhere that's a sop drunk and needs to be saved by the grace of God and tell them what Jesus can do to save their wretched soul. Watch God scoop them up off the bottom, put them in the choir. Next thing you know, you got somebody so on fire for God, the hell couldn't stop them. Amen. Because they know where God brought them from, but some religious folk done forgot just how far down they were when God saved them. And kingdoms are split. Churches are split. Amen. And I believe that we can make a comparison here that there's been much sorrow and weeping in churches for, for things that went wrong that should have never went wrong and over misplaced loyalties the people misplacing their loyalty in a false prophet named absalom rather than listening to the the the, the one that god chose and anointed and put his favor on and you always go wrong when you start listening to the the voices of men and i don't and by the way we got to get past this uh 
idea that the majority rules. How many times in the Bible was the majority wrong? Just because the majority put their stamp of approval on it doesn't necessarily mean that it was of God. Study your Bible. You'll find out that sometimes the easiest people to deceive are people that uh, travel together in masses. Because it's so much easier to just follow the flow that everybody else says, this is what, oh, are we going this Okay, let's go this way. Because most people don't want to lead. They just want to follow. As long as somebody's leading, they ain't up front in the spotlight. They're good just to follow along. They'll follow somebody right down into the slaughterhouse. Won't even realize what they did. So God has to send a prophet, somebody that can see through the thick and the fog and the myriad ideas of humans that are not in tune with the voice of God to make sure that we ward off, uh, fend off the wolves, make sure nobody comes in, creeps in unawares and starts whispering uh, uh, hatred and backbiting and divisions and schisms in the church and saying, well, you know, uh, if I was king, I would do it this way. If I was king, I would do it that way. You know what? If I was the pastor, I'd do it this way if I was a pastor I'd do it that way can I just go ahead and tell you you're not the pastor I didn't know I was going to go this direction but here we are hashtag not the pastor and some people get offended because I'm so singular minded it feels like stubbornness on some people's end they think I'm just being hard-headed I, I just I preach only says things one way if if all I see it is the way that God showed it to me what would be so wrong with that if, if I see it the way the Holy Spirit, I am convinced, showed it to me, and I'm determined to not compromise that position because I know that there is a hilltop honorarium if we'll go through the stuff to get there, then what would be the problem with this continuing to follow God and see what God does to bless? See, I've read the book, and I've seen people like David. He's down today. This is not his darkest hour, but this is certainly a dark day in the kingdom, but it's not the last day in the kingdom either. I told y'all months ago that we're likely to suffer a drop in attendance before we experience a growth in attendance. But it's in the dropping where the temptations are strongest to second-guess our allegiances and our ambitions in ministry. Uh, are we going to come to the conclusion that the devil would have us come to that, well, there's really nothing going on here, so maybe I should look for higher ground. Maybe I should side with Absalom. Or are we going to say, you know what? I was there. I've, I've seen God's anointing on God's servant and and I, I don't understand everything but I can't deny the fact that God has chosen someone and I believe I'll just stick with the one that God picked out and wait and see what God does and my challenge for this church as long as God's leading me to lead you is to follow Jesus as I follow Jesus you notice how I said that I don't want you following me but if you see that me and Jesus are headed in the same direction, then you can follow me. What I'm saying is let's stick with this a little while, not give up. Let's give God some more time to work. God is stirring it up, amen. And I want to encourage you this morning. I, I, I don't for a second believe or think that there's a conspiracy of division in our church. So that's not why I'm preaching this at all. But sometimes God will give us 
some spiritual insight to know what to be looking for so that we can protect ourselves against that down the road. So when we get there, we'll recognize and say, oh, nope, that's just the devil trying to talk us out of what God's doing. And I've noticed a lot of times when the church does start growing and more demands are placed upon the church, some people back off because they feel like if they can't get engaged like they want to, maybe they should just find somewhere where they can kick it in neutral and cruise along and not feel so pressured or maybe even guilty because they're not a part of something. That's not my intent. And I don't think that's God's intent. Amen. I think God knows exactly where you are, exactly what you can and can't do. And I think you should make the most of where you are right here and right now. Whether it's much or whether it's little. I don't care if you can't come in here. Just If it takes every breath and every step just to get to your pew and lift up the holy hand of Jesus and say, Thank you, Lord, that I'm in the house of God today. You would not believe how much power there is just in consistent faithfulness to the house of God. Amen. Did you know faithfulness builds momentum? It does. Faithfulness builds momentum. Momentum is built up by constant steady pressure over process of time. Amen. That builds up speed and builds up power that when the point of impact takes place, it'll accomplish its objective. And I believe that you're faithful. Some of you have been for many, many years and you've yet to see the impact that your faithfulness is going to make. But you can't drop the ball now. You're getting closer. You can't drop the ball now. Just hold on, honey. The best is yet to come. You keep believing God. You keep serving God. You keep being faithful. And you watch and see if somewhere along the way you're going to cross a hilltop and God is going to give you a hilltop honorarium for all those years and all those tears and all that faithfulness, all that fight and amen and and the times that you had to take sides with the Bible and your fellow church member allowed it to hurt their feelings because you was more spiritually mature than they were and you didn't side with them because what they was wanting you to do was petty it was nonsense it wasn't even biblical and and sometimes you're going to lose friends along the way and it's not even your fault because you're just trying to do what's right and they're too blind to see it but if you'll just be faithful God will give you what you need when you need it I've learned the only support group I really need is the Trinity don't get me wrong I need you And you need me, according to the Bible. But at the end of the day, when it comes right down to the nitty-gritty, Jesus can sustain us when no one else is standing around to support us. But I do want you to see something here. Did you notice? uh, No, you didn't. Chapter 15, verse 30. David went up by the ascent of Mount Olivet. Look at where David is traveling right here. Mount Olivet. Does that ring a bell with anybody? The Mount of Olives, same mount. This is a prophetic foreshadowing, Brother Chris, of Jesus coming to the garden where David came weeping and hurting because of betrayal in his own ranks. Jesus went to the garden and wept and sweat as it were great drops of blood in that same moment. Jesus experienced betrayal of one of his own. And we see here that he weeps when we weep. We see here that we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted or tested and tried like as we were, yet without sin. Jesus knows your pain. He's walked a mile or two in your shoes. 
He knows the difficulties of the road. He knows the treachery of the pathway that he's called us to trod. And yes, it gets lonely sometimes. And yes, sometimes it feels like we're isolated from those that should be serving God with us because we've chosen uh, the route that the Bible clearly defines rather than the route maybe that uh, uh, an organization defined. Amen. Uh, uh, and sometimes people look at you sideways and they start drawing a distance from you because uh, y'all got that panic cost preacher over there don't you you know they, I, I know what the kind of stuff they t- say amen and and I, I don't consider myself Pentecost but people accuse me of being all kinds of stuff because the way I deliver my sermons I don't care what you call me just call me saved just call me blessed just call me amen a follower of Jesus I'll be good with that but you know you'll have people separate you'll have people because you're not kosher you'll have people because they're a little different over there They'll part ways, and they'll run a, run a mouth about you, and they'll talk about you, and they'll have something negative to say. You just can't pay no attention to all that. Because while the, the dude over here is kicking up dust and cussing in David's right ear on his left ear, he's hearing the Holy Spirit say, keep on, boy, just across the top of the hill. I got, a good, I, I got some substance for you, amen. amen. And so you can be weeping, weary, and yet you can be worshiping God all at the same time and you can be restored after this unique set of circumstances is this helping anybody i hope it is so what honor is there you know we're talking about honorariums what honor is there when we had to go through such trouble well the honor uh you're just going to hang on wait god ain't done yet Amen. You may not see the honor in your trouble right now. You may not see the honor in your trial right now. You may not see what honor it is and giving up whatever it is you're going to have to give up to do what God's asking you to do. You may not see the honor in it today, but you give God time to work and God will bring about an honor that far surpasses anything that money can buy. I'm going to close with this illustration. Mamas, y'all listen. What honor is there in a lady who is brilliant, beautiful, Got her whole career ahead of her. Got her degree. She could go teach. She could have done, earned a bachelor's degree. Yeah, but I was looking for retirement. (laughs) She could have done work for a state for 20 years, been drawing a retirement by now. But God told her to stay home and raise her youngins. I'm not saying that if God didn't tell you to do that, that, that we're better than you. Please don't misunderstand what I'm saying. Every family has to find what God wants them to do, and God will bless them as they're obedient to the Lord, no matter what that looks like. I honor the mothers who have to go to work because they don't have any help, and they have to pay somebody else to help take care of the young ones while they draw on a paid. I salute you and honor you. I cannot imagine what a challenge that is. The honor is not in the money. The honor is in the work of God and what God's doing in the hearts of our children. You see the point? Listen, sometimes the sacrifice looks to be too great. And you may have to go a long ways before you ever see any dividends. It may, it may be decades. But you've got to keep that faith alive, Abraham. I don't care if you have to wait till you're 100 years old kicking till God gives you your promise. You just keep that faith alive. He staggered not at the promise of God. Washington Heights Baptist Church... God's greatest works don't happen overnight. This move of God that we're in right now has been in the making for decades. We're just getting in on some of what God had planned the whole time. 
And if we'll be faithful, we'll see more honorariums. We'll see where God starts to bless and touch and do things because we just stuck with the stuff. We just did what it took. We just loved God and honored the king above all else. And we didn't let people split the kingdom. Didn't let people rob our allegiances from what God said do. And, and, and blessed is the church that can just follow the voice of God. Paul said, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Thanks for listening today to Pastor Gary's message on True North. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an edition. If you've enjoyed today's message, please leave us a note in the comments and be sure to share these teachings with others. True North is a part of Gary Cottle Ministries, and you can learn more by visiting our website, garycottle.com. Is there something we could be praying for in your life right now? Let Pastor Gary know by sending an email to contact at garycoddle.com. That's contact at gary, C-A-U-D-I-L-L.com. Would you do something for us too? Would you pray for this ministry of True North? We want to make sure we're following God's plans for us at all times, with courage to step out in faith and humility to allow Him to work. Please pray that we'd stay tethered to the Lord always. Would you also pray for others who will be listening to this broadcast? Pray that God will open ears and hearts to His truth, and that many will come to know Jesus as their personal Savior. Thanks for partnering with us in this way. Our time with you is up for today, but thanks for joining us for this edition of True North.